Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know if you've seen the movie Stranger Than Fiction starring Will Ferrell yet, but if you haven't, I highly recommend that you check it out because it forces you to think about your life in ways that most of us don't like to consider. Now, in the movie, Harold Crick is a man, but he's a man who behaves more like a robot. He calculates his every move from the time he wakes up in the morning to the number of times he brushes each tooth to the number of steps he takes to the bus stop to the time he goes to bed, all according to the precise timing of his wristwatch. Every move that he makes is planned and performed with mechanical efficiency. For Harold Crick, one day literally is the same as another. Harold Crick is an auditor for the Internal Revenue Service, as you might expect. It is a job for which he is particularly well-suited because he also has the computer-like ability to multiply extremely large numbers in his head and quickly spit out the answer at the request of his co-workers. Harold Crick is a man who is either totally in control of his life or totally without control of his life, depending on how you look at it. Well, one morning, Harold Crick finds out how he should look at it as he is counting the strokes of his toothbrush. He hears a voice, and the voice follows him on and off throughout the day. (laughs) He soon realizes that the voice is narrating the events of his life. It's not describing them after they happen, but it is describing them just before and as they are happening. In other words, Harold Crick realizes that this voice is making his life happen. The voice is not talking to Harold Crick. The voice is talking about him. An author, thinking out loud, is writing the life that he is living. It's like Harold Crick is a character in a book, and we are watching the book being written. Now, to a man like Harold Crick, this is simply annoying but it becomes a little more than annoying one afternoon when he hears the voice say something like this. Little did Harold Crick know that the malfunctioning of his wristwatch had set off a chain of events that would lead to his untimely death. Death, Harold Crick yelled up at the sky. No, not death. Harold Crick realized that the author was about to finish his story. And he also knew that he had no choice in the matter. The author controlled his life to its very end. He needed to talk to the author. He needed to find the author and get the author to change his ending. Now, I'm not going to tell you how the movie ends, but here's the point that I want to make. At one point in the movie, while Harold Crick is trying to figure out what to do, he goes to see Professor Hilbert, who is a professor of English literature played by Dustin Hoffman. During their conversation, Harold Crick asks this crucial question. What if it's true, he wants to know? What if our lives are being narrated? What if it is true? What if our lives are being written by this omniscient author who controls every plot and character which inhabit our world, who plans every move and every turn in the story? If it is true, you see, 
then it is also true that every day you, the character, stand at the crossroads, poised between life and death. Every day is judgment day in the sense that on any given day, the author may have your ending planned out. If it is true, then it means that everything you do is fraught with eternal consequences. The voice could be talking about you at this very moment. Little did he know that his trip to the grocery store would set off a chain of events that would lead to his untimely death. Little did he know that his schedule change in winter quarter would set off a chain of events that would lead to his untimely death. Death. You see, if your life is being written, even now the end of the story, the end of the road is in the works for you sooner or later. And all around you, you see it being worked out. Maybe randomness to us is nothing more than a complex storyline to that someone else. So, we too somehow need to get to the author. Well, given this need, the voice crying out today merits our attention if only because It announces the coming of the author, whom we usually call God, and whom outside these walls probably we think about all too infrequently. A voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for Yahweh. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley will be raised, and every mountain and hill will be leveled, and the crooked place will become straight, and the narrow places will become a broad plain, and the glory of, the, of Yahweh will be revealed, and all flesh will see together, for the mouth of Yahweh has spoken. Okay. We're supposed to listen to the voice, but what are we to make of it? Even if we take it seriously, the announcement, or maybe it's a warning, is more confusing than enlightening. When is the author coming? How do you prepare for his arrival? Is the language figurative or literal or both? What will the author say to us when he comes? Is it good or bad? Do we want to hear from him or not? The answers lie as they do with every story with the author. The intrusion of the author into your story is his plot to unravel, not yours. He writes himself into your story as he wills. But as a matter of fact, that's why I'm here today. I am here today because I don't want you to miss the author and what he has to say to you. If you want to see the author and hear what the author has to say and find out what his plans are for you, I invite you to direct your attention to his word. His interventions, of course, have been many. But in these last days, at least, he has spoken to us by his son. Part of the story is that this voice belongs to John the Baptist who announced the coming of Jesus, who came to us in fulfillment of this prophecy, the author intervening into our lives. Listen carefully to this word because it tells you about an important twist in the plot. Death? In the word made flesh, we discover that the author isn't planning your ultimate demise at all. No matter what it seems like, your life is not a tragedy. In fact, from eternity, his plan has been to raise you with Christ. And that is what he is working out in your life. And you know that because God wrote you that ending in your baptism. 
The author came into your life already back then and added his resurrection to your story. You can almost imagine what was going through the mind of the author as the water was being applied to you. Little does he know that the sprinkling of water in this baptism will set off a chain of events that will lead ultimately to his resurrection. And in case you forget, as we all do, the author is happy to remind you again. And so he tells you again up here at the altar. And the Holy Spirit brings you the experience of Christ every day as he works repentance in your heart. Christ lives in you. No, not death, we cry with Harold Crick. And in Christ, the author says, no, not death, not for you. Your story is going to end differently. Wait till I come again and you will see. Now, in case all this sounds a little far-fetched and more than a little fishy, I would invite you to remember the entire quote from which the movie title, Stranger Than Fiction, was taken. Mark Twain is the author, and it goes like this. Truth is stranger than fiction, because it, it is because fiction is obliged to stick with possibilities. Truth isn't. And that's an interesting thought for an Advent meditation. Amen. Now may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds together in Christ Jesus. Amen.